Welcome back to the Time for Heroes podcast, now in association with the Songbird HQ. Go to the songbirdhq.com for all your musical needs, latest news, reviews and interviews with some of the best signed and unsigned bands. The Songbird HQ also deliver PR services for new talent coming through. Oi, oi, you wonderful people out there. You're listening to the Time for Heroes podcast in association with the Songbird HQ. Bosh, get all over it. Right, here I am. Today I have um, James Gilmore of the band Roller. Is that the right way to say it? Roller. Um, yeah, Roller. Roller. <laughs> So, um, so Rollers just last week released their latest EP, Nothing Less Than Everything, and they've got a small tour starting this week in London, Birmingham, Manchester. Manchester sold out. Uh, so I've got James on for a little chat um, just about the band and what the plans are for the future, really. So... Um, James, just take us back kind of to the start of kind of how the band began, how you all met and how it, be, how it be, became Roller. Yeah, it was a bit of a, um, it was a bit of a long, long story, if you like, because we all sort of went to the same school. We was all in different years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we never actually really bumped into each other. And then <clears throat> obviously time went on, went to different colleges. And then we eventually, me, Tom and McConnell eventually met up whilst in Huddersfield and ended up living together for a bit. Um, obviously, I've got my brother, Luke, who's the bassist, so I've always known him. Mm-hmm. But we never, whilst we lived together, we was always into music. It was blasting out tunes, you know, before going out and everything. But we never thought, oh, we'll make, we'll start a band. We all played guitar and everything like that. But no, there was once, once we'd sort of, moved out then we decided oh it'd be a good idea to start a band <laughs> after <laughs> i think it'd be easier the way around but then yeah so we started a band wrote some songs got into recording um saul our drummer came on a sort of just just after lockdown really um our old drummer ended up having other commitments right with his, uh, with his girlfriend so um he had to go and then yeah so it was about 2020 we released or 20 late yeah 2020 released our first single yeah um so how how was that then because obviously you kind of released that single 2020 obviously we had covid and stuff going on then so how how was it for these obviously not being able to do and stuff like that well, for us, I think it worked quite well in our sort of in our favour because it allowed us to set ourselves up properly without the worry of having to go and do gigs and get out there. So it gave us a nice little bit of time to get some songs ready. We managed to record a couple of bits as well, get out in contact with a few people, build our social media first as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, I, it was quite a, obviously it was a shit time for everyone. And I wouldn't ever want to go back into that. Um, but I think for us, band-wise, it gives us that real bit of breathing room to really 
understand where we wanted to go before even getting anywhere and yeah, cracking on yeah certainly it, 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 does, it gives you the chance to kind of everybody knows where they are everybody knows what they're doing and you know the sort of path you're going to head on uh, yeah, yeah. obviously the, the, the sound of your, your music kind of I, I take a lot of oasis in the verb from it um, and yeah. looking online that seems to be the, the main comparison so were the kind of bands that you were into uh, yeah, I think that's the Manchester thing, isn't it? Five yeah. lads, guitars, two brothers. It's the it's the uh, it's the one that everyone seems to go through go to first. Um, but yeah, now we have quite a varied sort of music tastes, like, personally between us. There's a lot of sort of dance and soul that McConnell likes. I like I just a bit of everything really. I know it sounds really cliche saying yeah, that, yeah, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club was quite a, a big one at the time. It changes all the time, but I do think we get that 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 roller sound is just loud guitars. Yeah, um, but I mean, it's something that obviously he's early on in your career, so obviously that sound's going to grow and it's going to develop, and more influences will come in. But I mean, yeah. that that's a good starting point anyway. Especially yeah, that's it. The, well, we yeah, it's a bit harder when it comes to influences because you don't want to end up pigeonholing yourself because I don't, I do think it limits you to. Yeah, I guess people then start expecting this kind of sound, but we're still early days, so we've got enough. We've got enough stuff like time in the future to really sort of pull away from those kind of stuff. If we don't want to, if we want to try something new, I'm sure we'll be, we'll be able to without people getting too pissed off. <laughs> And obviously, you mentioned your brother. Your brother plays bass. Um, yeah. So, so how is that, being in a band with your brother? What's the dynamic like there? We're pretty good, to be fair. Um, he just lets me get on and tell everyone what to do to. <laughs> nah, joking. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. It's not It's not the. Uh, it's not what the, the classic Nolan Liam vibe. We don't, right. don't really fight. We're all quite good together, really. We, we're quite... I think we make a bit of a conscious effort to listen to each other and Let each make other sure be. we get on. I mean, don't get me wrong, when you've spent a few, four or five days in a van, and it gets a bit, right. gets a bit so, furry, but... Yeah. I'll try and get you on then at the end of the week and see how you feel about them then, after this tour. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you'll be able to contact us, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so um, gigs wise I've seen your support at Kasabian and also Sean Ryder yeah. so how was it getting out with these the sort of folk Sean Ryder was a bit a bit crazy it was all quite secretive obviously because of his it's in Manchester and everything and mm-hmm. didn't really get to see that much of him it was a bit of a turn up play and get off but it, that was a really good vibe mm-hmm. um, just a he's a bit of an icon isn't he so it was yeah, good yeah, to yeah. just be on the same bill as him and then Kasabian was a bit surreal really just you know you you, you turn up to some places and you're just like oh it's a bit fancy you know, you're like go to a nice restaurant or something you're like I don't fit in here 
it's a bit like that when we first turned up. But then as soon as you walked onto that stage to do sound checks, it just, just felt right. All the nerves went. And it was just like, yeah, this is yeah. could get could get used to this. Twenty thousand people. <laughs> Did so you it get good. Any, it was good. Was there any interaction with Kasabin? Did you get seen them? Yeah, we spoke to Serge. Obviously, Serge was had his trouble with his throat, didn't he? So he was a bit limited on chit chat, mm -hmm. which he did apologise for. He was like, "I would just sit in there, sit and proper have a chat," but I was like, "I've been told to rest my voice." But the other guys were brilliant. Give us some like pointers, and I think Tom was a a good few beers down and just started chewing. Um, oh, what's the bassist's name called? He's chewing his ear off. About how how do you get such a loud loud sound, man? He was, so just giving us tips and tricks and bit of knowledge and yeah, there was sound, proper sound. Yeah, definitely. Where's the appetite to get more of the, those gigs? What were they? What were they like? Just are they as wild as they make it? Just because I had um, Rab Allen on for Las Vegas. Um, a few episodes back, and he he said that Kasabian weren't they as wild as he make it, like kind of backstage, you know, like they're all drinking tea and stuff like that. They're not. There's definitely a level of professionalism that they've got, I think, but I think that's just as as they're getting a bit sort of, I don't want to sound patronised, but older. Yeah. They, but you can definitely, they've definitely got that wild side to them. They've just got that natural, lateral fire. But yeah, they, I do think a lot of backstages are overrated anyway, to be honest with you. It's a lot of fucking waiting around. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, I think there was there was glimmers. There was definitely a lot of tease in that, but I think you've got to do that, aren't you? You've got to keep your voice right and everything. But then after the show, you can uh, do yeah. having beers and everything. So, yeah. I went to see um, Trampoline on Friday night in the backstage. Oh, the quality, aren't they? Yeah, excellent, man. Brilliant show. The backstage areas at the side of the stage so everybody yeah. could see them and they just interacted with the crowd the full night but I, there was yeah. there wasn't any wild antics for them either everything's a lot more professional than you think yeah I think it's one of them because it can be a slippery slope slippery slope can't it if you I mean you get stuck in and that but if you want it it's such a hard industry to get into anyway but if you're in cane in it every single night off your tits you're not going to sound great and you're going to end up on a path where you probably come a little bit of a liability and labels don't really want to work with you. So you've got to have a nice balance. I think when you're out touring, you give it everything you've got after the show, give it some beans and that. But then when you've got a few weeks off, go to the pub and get fucking cane then, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mate. So obviously last week, um, the new EP came out, nothing less than everything. But uh, five tracks, it went to number one in the iTunes album charts. Uh, recorded at yeah, Field Studios, is that correct? Yeah, with uh, Nick Bryan. Yeah, so obviously Oasis and the Roses are both recorded there under him. So how is that recording in such an iconic place? That was another bit of a surreal moment last year. Last year was a bit crazy for us, a bit like a fever dream. Um, but yeah, it was, again, it was, you, 
building up to it. Our manager was like, right, you're booked in at Rockfield. You got Nick Bryan going to produce it. It was like, fuck. Better. Uh, you start, everything starts going on in your head, doesn't it? But then you just like, we got yeah, there yeah. and it was the same thing. It was like, it just felt right. So it was, it was crazy. Yeah. But that's another thing as well. It's like, once you get there, you just get stuck in and it's like, right, what, you're here to write a record. And it just, it's something about the air around Rockfield. It must just be yeah. because of everyone that's been there. It just, it just pushes you. It gives you a bit of a weird motivation. It's like it we met the owner Kingsley right, and showed well. us around. It must feel right to be in a place like that. It must, you must yeah. think that right, you're, you're doing something right to be in a, in a place as iconic as that. They don't just put anybody in there, you know what I mean? Well, that's it. You certainly get a little bit of like that imposter syndrome because then you start to look, possibly doubt yourself if I'm being totally honest. But as soon as you hear your tunes coming back out of them speakers, you're like, this is why we're fucking here, mate. This is, yeah, I get it now. It feels... I'm home. It's like we were saying to Nick, because Nick was going on about how the Stone Roses ended up staying there for like a year, two years or something. I was like, we could get used to do that. You just turn up with your sleeping bags and your your pillows. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, I so, so so that I'll that EP's out right now. You can get that everywhere. As I said, it's Went to number one in the iTunes charts. Rave reviews everywhere. You've got a video as well for one of the songs, Hey You. Um, yeah. How, how did the film go for that? Because obviously it's kind of 90s rave scene culture. So I was watching the video yeah, today and there's some like camcorder scenes. Are they, are they filmed or are they older? Have you got them for some of those? They're, they're, I think they're sort of... Um... We use a guy, uh, Mamusium Designs, who does our stuff. And I think it was just some sort of archive footage of old, right. old 90s raves. There's some f- funny bits in there, if you like, yeah. slow it down and s- some faces. But yeah, the, the the Hey You track was quite, it's not heavily sort of like rave or dance based, but it had its like subtle nods. Like we've got a bit of a drum machine loop going on in there with like a bongos and it just, it had that baggy vibe to it, so we wanted to just give that a bit of a nod, and we just felt it. The video sort of suited. Um, yeah, it was the filming was all right. We 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 did it locally near us. Um, just literally, I was walking down this footpath, <laughs> getting weird <laughs> looks from passersby, and that. yeah, no, so, yeah it's, it's a good video. A bit psychedelic. So yeah, it worked out well. <laughs> and obviously now you're. You're going on tour um, Wednesday, London, Thursday, Birmingham, and then hometown show in Manchester, Guerrilla, which is sold out. So, how's plans for that? Yeah, good. we're looking forward to it. We've not we've not done anything this year yet, so um, been just rehearsing to brush off the cobwebs, uh, but we're ready to get back on the road. It'd be nice to finally hear. Because we was playing some of the tracks off of the EP, sort of late to last year, just you know, getting a feel of what it'd be like to play live. But obviously, no one knew them, so it'd be nice to to sort of hear people's reactions to now now they've been able to listen to them at home and everything. So looking forward to it. Got a lot lot of cool stuff planned for the set and 
yeah, we just took it up as took it up a notch this time. Right. Just really started to think about every detail. So and ready for then, it. Then uh, August you'll get this feeling as well. This feeling um in Bradlington, the kind of festival type thing in it. The the laughing's yep. up in that as well. So that'll be that's another good band to have on your tick. Yeah, well, we we they actually supported um, supported Kasabian as well on the two dates. Right, so right. We've, we've met the Lavens before; they were top lads. But we're looking forward to playing with them again. Um, but yeah, that'll be a, be a great weekend. That I think sunny on the beach, hopefully. But then again, with the British weather, you never know. Yeah, here's nah, here's what <laughs> just gross. If you if you mention it enough, then maybe it will happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, I so what, what's your plans after that then? After the CP and stuff, have you got more stuff to come out? Well, we've not, <clears throat> there's nothing solid in place yet. Um, we are looking at doing some more, some more sort of tour dates to get to sort of places around the UK that we've not been. Um, Scotland would be ideal, mate. Yeah, we've got a, we have got a gig that's soon to be announced for up there. Um, but other than that, yeah, we're gonna we need to get up to Scotland because we've not actually been there yet, which is quite quite gutting, really. Because we think we reckon we could we'd go down a star. There's a bit of a like a, a nice. I don't know if it's the same use lot, but the, especially Glasgow, there's a bit of a nice Manchester Glasgow yeah, sort of. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, like weird it's, brothers or something. Yeah, Manchester Glasgow. It seems to be the same vibe. Yeah, it's a good scene in Glasgow and a good scene in Manchester and. I think we're, we're kind of the same people. We all appreciate a decent band. Yeah. It's that's it. And I think it's like the working class kind of, everyone sort of comes from that. So, yeah, it's just like a nice, like, unspoken brotherhood between yeah. Manchester and Glasgow. We all wear Adidas up here as well, just the same as yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So, um, obviously, the podcast called Time for Heroes. I don't know if Katie says to you, but at the end of the kind of episode, I asked you to pick kind of four heroes to come for a fictional dinner party. Um, yeah. Dead or alive, don't need to be musicians, it can be whoever you like. Um, but I, four heroes to come for dinner, who would you pick and why? I did, I, did yeah, I did well? actually, uh, <laughs> I did actually uh, uh, have a think about this. So I, I think I'm going to go for, who did I say? David Bowie. Right. Um, Stevie Nicks, Amy Winehouse, and then as like a non-musician, Georgie Best. Brilliant. So I reckon, I reckon they, they'd be, a, I'm not sure there'd be much food involved, but <laughs> no. it'd be a definitely well, a good party. Anyway. Can you see George Best being interested George Best and Amy Winehouse together, that could get messy, can it? Yeah, that's it. David Bowie and Stevie Nicks as well, sort of mellow it out a little bit, not too much though. <laughs> Stevie Nicks is some singer as well, aren't she? I know. I've been watching that. I don't know if you've seen it on Amazon, and I really felt like, is it Daisy Jones and the Six? And when right. I'd seen it advertised, I thought, oh, she's going to be really cliche, cringy, and it kind of is, but well, proper got into it. And that's like loosely based off um, Fleetwood Mac. So it's just like, yeah. 
got back into them a bit recently. So should well, watch it if you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I they're all brilliant picks, man. It's been a pleasure having you on. This is a wee short episode just to kind of give you a wee give the band a bit of promotion. Yeah, uh, thanks for having us. So anybody listening, if you can get to London or Birmingham um, Wednesday and Thursday, go and see Rolla. Obviously, if you're in Manchester, you're going to just be stunned outside in the passing lane. Cause it's too it's late. Good. You're too late. <laughs> um, but I pleasure having you on, James. Yeah, cheers, man. We have, keep an eye out for some stuff. We do have some new songs in the works. and oh, actually, need to get back before, in the studio. Actually, before we go, actually, I better tell, tell everybody where they can find you as well. Yeah, uh, all the social medias. Roller underscore band on Instagram. I think Roller2020 on Twitter. Spotify. We're everywhere, unfortunately. So I'll post all those links as well in the show notes. So it's yeah, nice to you. Man. And um, I pleasure having you on. Thank you very yeah, much. Cheers for having us, man. You're listening to the Time for Heroes podcast in association with the Songbird. Check it out, Martin. You're an absolute legend. What are you? An absolute legend. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Time for Heroes podcast. If you would like to get in touch, the best way is on the Facebook page, Time for Heroes podcast, or on Instagram at Time for Heroes podcast, or Twitter at Time for Heroes P1, or drop me an email at Time for Heroes pod at gmail.com You'll find Time for Heroes on all podcast platforms including Spotify, Apple, Google and Amazon. Please leave a review where you can, share with others and more importantly, enjoy. Chance